Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome to the Lonely Girls Podcast, <laughs> the annual ceremony dedicated to examining, archiving, applauding, and keeping the peace between lonely girls throughout history. I'm your host, Madeline Turner, and I'm joined by my... <sighs> My tribute, <laughs> Rebecca Botter. Hi, Maddie. How are you? Happy Hunger Games. Are you hungry? Oh, I'm starving. I'm famished. I I can't get enough. Um. So if you haven't gotten it from that beautiful intro from the beautiful Madeline, this week we're talking about Hunger Games. Little preface to all the listeners. Thank you so much for your patience. Mm. We had every intention to record at 11 p.m. my time mm. on Thursday because mm-hmm. I, I am, as Tina Fey was in Mean Girls, I'm a pusher, and <laughs> I push people. Well, what I, I love, and what what you put in your story was so true, and I I think it's like it, it's the both good and bad qualities of both of us is you mm. will put out something on time even if it's... it would have been good i believe in myself i think you would have been fine i don't think i would have been i don't think i would have been on my a game i don't think i would have survived the uh the battle royale that would have been uh, our podcast and, and so that's... i'm not great at deadlines <laughs> at all <laughs> no she's not but i and... do care about a lot about quality and i and i do feel like in there in this instance uh we have lovely respectful viewers who would have you know, understood if we got an episode out a couple days late. And, yeah. And also I think, um, I think it's worth it. I think oh. we both knew that there was a good episode in here. Okay. Oh, yeah. So All right. girl moment of the week, you go first. Yes. Okay. Me. So to be completely candid, there are two layers to this. For one, I had a nightmare mm. about my lonely girl moment of the week and explaining it to you guys last night. Nightmares. So lonely, girl. Nightmares, Especially oh, nightmares are very lonely, girl. If you wake mm-hmm. up in a cold sweat, if you've ever done that, you're a lonely girl. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Here's the thing. Uh, not so famously, for the first time, not famously, I'm an actor. Mm. And <sighs> it's why I actually lived in London. <gasps> is um Rebecca, did you live in London? I I Ding Guys, dong. I did. I lived oh in God. London. Oh my God. So that's why I actually was so blessed to live in that country. And so if you're an actor, you know getting representation is really hard. And I have been very lucky to have been connected with my agent for about three years. Getting reps representation is really hard. And a couple weeks ago, I got an email that um, my agency was closing, which was stressful, but also yes. like... I handled it pretty well. Absolutely. And then, thank you so much. Maddie immediately called me. So sweet. Yes. And um, I handled it fine. And I was like, I know I'm going to have a little bit of a cry eventually. Well, then I also was being very like big sister, kind of like encouraging friends, like we're going to be okay, whatever, checking in on other people because I-, I was like, you know what? I am handling it okay. I want to make sure you're doing okay. And then... I ran into a girl and, and honestly, to deliver this news is not easy. So mm-hmm. kudos. There, there's like, there's, she did it the best way possible, but I was like, Hey, how are you doing with all of this? And then it was like, you're the girl not invited to the sleepover. It was like, Oh, actually, a lot of friends you've been encouraging and checking in on. They're fine. Like we've all gotten representation. It's just you now. Mm. And, uh, it it was just like you not being invited to the slumber party and you didn't even know there was a slumber party or walking in on your ex. And I, I was handling it well, but then just like all my fears of like blah, blah, blah. It was just really sad and I just went being in a coffee shop and crying, very lonely girl. Oh my god! And we ran into each other famously and I, I honestly, I think of Perk as Maddie's uh, coffee and shop. It, and it is. 
And it is. And so I, we both, I ran into the girl in the coffee shop and I just went, you know, against like that counter where you just face a wall. Mm-hmm. And I just sat there and <laughs> cried. I cried. Yeah. But I'm I didn't cry until girl. Maddie texted back and Maddie was like, I'm so sorry. And then another person. And once people started asking I'm, if I was okay, I do that's think when I that is to cry. I don't think any, I, I yeah. Wh- when it comes to like feeling, when it comes to feelings, I think there is something where you're like, I gotta, I gotta be so strong. And then the mm-hmm. second someone's like, how are you? Famously, uh, w- uh, a lonely girl moment from a couple months back, mm-hmm. someone being like, no, but how are you? Oh, Brandon. Also, also, shout out to Brandon. His show on Hulu just premiered, Tommy Lies, um, mm-hmm. and he is incredible in it. We always want to shout out. Um, he He's a gorgeous man, and it mm-hmm. is a big deal that he is in a show like this, so go ahead mm-hmm. and um, shout out to Brandon for asking Rebecca how she was and making her cry <laughs> like in the bookstore. A, a few times. like Probably like seven times. No, but how mm-hmm. are you? No, um, I mean – he could have – he could be the next, like, Barbara Walters. Oh, I think You're so. like, I'm not going to break. I'm not going to break. Yeah. And then they're like, no, what really but happened? how oh, are you? Brandon needs to interview the cast. I'm putting it into the world of Don't Worry, Darling. And oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Is that the best idea I've ever had? I would lo- – I think – I think those darlings would be worried, you know? I'm not going to lie. No, they would. All I right, think Maddie. Would be worried. Okay, so for my lonely girl. We're not even ready. It's so good. Okay, so you guys, I I don't often have uh, the feeling that my life is a movie. I, that's, I, I think it, I desire to have a life that is uh, like a movie, but for the most part, it feels like I am uh, the proverbial director watching other people exist and have lives that are movies, and I, I love that. I'm fine with it. But recently, within the past week or so, I had an experience that was so – I wouldn't even say cinematic. It was more like HBO Max. Episodic. Yeah, it was episodic. So I – friend of the podcast, her name is Sari. I have a good friend named Sari. Sari is incredible. Um, Sari gives me life. In a lot of ways. Hi, Sari. I love you. So Sari and I have been talking recently um, and it had been a while since we had spent some time together. And we were hoping to hang out in the upcoming week. And Sari said, hey, I am DMing a bartender from we'll, – we'll call it a Cafe Bermuda. Lovely. Yeah. So what, she was DMing a bartender from – a a bar we will refer to as Cafe Bermuda. And she was saying, hey, I am talking to this bartender. I can get us free drinks. Do you want to go out on Thursday night? And I said, oh, I'd love to. I have a date scheduled on Thursday night. What about Friday night? And Sarah goes, oh, shoot. I have a date on Friday night. Maybe let's just like regroup on Saturday. We'll see how it goes. So I'm on my date on Thursday night and Sari texts me and she goes, hey, I actually ended up going to um, Cafe Bermuda uh, or I'm, I am going to Cafe Bermuda with uh, our friend Molly. If your date ends up going crappy, h- head over. Um, I'll get you free drinks. The date ends up going really well. Um, we will refer to the boy on the date as Scott. <laughs> Scott. So I'm on a date with a boy named Scott. It's going well. We uh, are, are having a boozing, having a few laughs. And the you know, the vibe at the place that we're at is like, mm, let's, you know, maybe we'll go somewhere else. And so I get the text from Sari and I say, hey – the date's going fine. Can me and Scott come and meet you? And she goes, yeah, absolutely. I'll be there in five minutes. This is a very important detail. Scott and I t- drove separately to the first location. So we drive separately to Cafe Bermuda. I get to Cafe Bermuda before Scott does. 
I walk into the establishment, I cannot find my friend Sari anywhere. I can't find her. Where is she? So I go to the bar top. It's pretty busy, actually. I get myself a drink, and at that point, Scott arrives. I go, I can't find my friend Sari. I don't know what we're going to do. And he goes, oh, uh, I have to go to the bathroom anyways. Um, We can just sit and have a drink. While Scott's in the bathroom, Sari texts me. And so she's like, you dumb bitch. You walked right past me. I was outside. I leave Scott inside. I meet Sari outside. Sari's in a state of sorts. I sit down and she goes, the fucking bartender didn't even recognize me. I had to I had to pay for this fucking espresso martini myself. And famously, Sari is very beautiful. So She's, how dare. Sari is incredibly beautiful. Like maybe one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen in my life. She's incredible. We I don't know Sari. how you walked past her. This is the only reason I don't believe any of the stories. How could you have walked <laughs> past her? So I sit down and I'm trying to be a good friend and I say – okay, yeah, like F that bartender at Cafe Bermuda. He's stupid. I can't believe he didn't recognize you. But hey, at least you have a date that you're going on tomorrow. Hoping to get her really excited about this date. I'm like, show me show me his profile. What's the guy's name? And she goes, oh, his name's Scott. And I go, oh my gosh, no way. The guy I'm on a date with right now is also named Scott. And we have this moment. Three, two, one. She whips out her phone, shows me his profile. It's the same fucking Scott. I'm currently on a date with a guy named Scott that she has plans to date tomorrow. And Scott, (laughs) poor Scott, is in the bathroom of Cafe Bermuda about to benignly enter into a situation that that poor boy did not ask for. Sari and I have about 10 seconds to like hysterically laugh and look at one another in the face and go, oh my fucking God, this is crazy. What do we do? What do we do? She's like, we have to tell him. We have to tell him. I'm like, we have to tell him. Where She goes, where is he? I'm like, he's in the bathroom. <laughs> and we look towards the door and Scott is just coming out there, big smiles, two drinks in hand, just like ready to continue He's like, date I'm with- on a date with a beautiful lady. Yeah, what could yeah. go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what's what's happening with Scott right now. <laughs> Blessed Scott. So Scott comes out and I think immediately he reads that something's going on because I have this face on. If you're watching this video, I have this face on and Sari has this face on. Uh, And Scott comes up, he sets the drinks down, and I'm like, hi, hey, this is my friend. Hi, I'm Sari. You're going on a date with me tomorrow. Full five seconds of, like, silence. (laughs) And then I start laughing maniacally. Like, I can't help but laugh because I genuinely think this is so funny. Sari starts to laugh. Uh, uh, Scott starts to laugh we we're adults it's hilarious it's so insane sari's like my life is a fucking sitcom this is so insane i'm always saying that my life is a fucking sitcom and like ugh, like this of course this would happen to me this is the worst day of my life the fucking bartender at bermuda club and now uh this guy that i'm going on a date with tomorrow is like going on a date with my friend my life's a fucking sitcom <laughs> um and so now i'm basically in a situation where uh i i'm seated with my very good friend sari a boy scott who honestly great taste in women go scott but yeah i'm basically on now a two-on-one date from the bachelor so he's being polite he's trying to get to know sari i'm sitting there sort of just just giggling like i i cannot stop laughing it's so funny to me so it's going fine i wouldn't say the vibe is like off the chain it is still definitely a little awkward we're both we're all three of us are trying to like make this work (laughs) you're scooping the water from the canoe exactly you know Uh, that's a very apt metaphor so we decide we are hungry we're going to go to a um a place down the street that serves hot dogs uh so we get up and all three of us walk towards the hot dog bar establishment (laughs) we're like okay great we're gonna move locations vibe shift we're gonna make this work It's going to – we're going to make tonight a success for everyone involved. 
So we are about to get into a hot dog place. And all of a sudden we hear like footsteps, like this girl comes running up, running up to all three of us. And I realize she's headed straight for me. And she goes, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so, 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 so sorry. I have to tell you, there's a stain on the back of your skirt, like a, a stain. And I go, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh fuck. Oh my God. Oh fuck. Oh no. (laughs) And she's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I'm like, no, 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 please. Like I I would want someone to tell me like, I, that is the kindest thing you could have possibly done. Like, don't feel bad. And Siri's like, do you want me to check for you? And I go, yes, please. Absolutely. Sari very briefly glances to the back of my skirt and her, I'm not kidding, her genuine reaction is, oh my God, there is blood. My, the back of my skirt is covered in blood. I was so stressed out by, by the, by the, the, uh, the shenanigans of the evening that I was in. I didn't realize I had fully started my period. And now the back of my skirt is covered in blood on a two-on-one date that I didn't sign up for with my good friend, Sari, and this poor boy named Scott. Named name Scott. Named Scott. We love Scott. <laughs> like, honestly, good on – like, Scott was such a good – he was such a good sport. Like, shout out to Scott. Like, genuinely, genuinely such a good sport. Okay. Well, follow up. Did Sari go on a date with Scott the next day? They did not. So that was sort of understandable. Uh, I, I went to the bathroom to handle my uh, to, to sort of like tide tide scrub my the back of my beautiful green corduroy skirt that I just bought. Um, and in that time where I was gone, they ordered me hot dogs and beer, and they both, you know, very were sort of like, yeah, I don't, I don't think this is like a good idea that we go on a date. Like it's totally fine. Da 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 da. But yeah, so so all that to say, I don't know if it was my lonely girl moment of the week, but it definitely was a lonely girl moment of the week. And I'm I not think... sure who was lonelier in this situation. Like if we had to rank it, who was lonelier here? I'm not sure. Was it the girl running to tell you <laughs> that your skirt was covered in blood? I think I think it might have been. I think it honestly it might have been the bartender at Cafe Bermuda. I think that was the loneliest girl because he let Sari go and he shouldn't have done that. What a stupid, stupid boy. Well, speaking. No, speaking (laughs) of girls chasing you covered in blood. (laughs) Yes. That was really good. That was really good. That was. Thank you. Thank that you. was really good. You got you got my ugliest laugh out of me. I I know <laughs> I know. Mary has actually said I was like, no, listen to this part. I get a genuine laugh out of Maddie, and she's like, you bring that up a lot. And I was like, no, <laughs> me. It's important to me. It is. So, important. anyways, we're now going to summarize we're the now, Hunger Games. We're now going to talk about the the Hunger Games. For reference, I wanna I wanna give Rebecca an accolade on how much devotion she has for this <laughs> podcast and how much she's really like gone through to make this yeah. podcast happen but rebecca because i'm a pusher because she's a pusher uh rebecca has um now consumed like rebecca in earnest consumed how many hours of the first hunger games audiobook oh i have 55 minutes and 50 seconds left wow i don't know guys i was doing pilates this morning listening to the Hunger Games. I was only doing Hunger Games. I don't know how I didn't finish it, but you know what? I still count myself as a winner. So Hunger Games, I'm now going to summarize it. It's Wikipedia. Here we go. Uh, This story is set in a dystopian post-apocalyptic future in the nation of Penem, where a boy and a girl from each of the nation's 12 districts are chosen annually as tributes and forced to compete in the hunger games an elaborate televised fight to the death we are now telling you for the rest of this time there will be spoilers because it came out i think in 2009 yeah that was the summary of the hunger games maddie what was your experience what was your awakening what was your 
Uh, what was your journey okay, with so the Hunger Games? Honestly, interestingly, like most mm-hmm. of the – aside from Twilight, like most of the sort of like general top-tier level pop culture reads, I was introduced mm-hmm. to the Hunger Games by my mother. My mom is like a big – uh, fantasy sci-fi she's on she's on the cutting edge of like the books coming out what everybody's reading what they think about it so my mom read the hunger games before i did and she was like this is a really great book it's really intense but it's really great and around the same time everybody was reading it and so i read them and i very much was in a phase of my life where all i cared about was smooching um and girls uh sleeping in sleeping bags with boys that was sort mm-hmm. of that was it which for me. is important to us as yaers oh absolutely I, it's, so, <laughs> it's so like forced intimacy like oh, our bodies shouldn't be pressed together but we're doing it cuz we're cold <laughs> <laughs> it is sort of it is very much the like you know, lying is the most fun a girl can have without taking her clothes off. Being forced to be in a sleeping bag with a boy is the most fun a dystopian teen can have without taking their clothes off. Yeah. And it's so fun because they're like – because then also like in purity culture, you're like, you can't do that. And then Katniss is like, but I would have died of cold. Mm. And then they're like, okay, well, fine. Dying of cold is Dying bad. Of cold. Like, so. like God doesn't want you to like die of cold. Die so of, I die of cold. <laughs> so I guess you can like dry hump in a sleeping bag. Uh, so Rebecca, what was your intro to the Hunger Games? Okay, so it, it's interesting because some of like Harry Potter, weirdly, I was like, no, it's like basic. I'm not going to do it. But somehow Hunger Games, um, which also I just want to point out, I think it's very important, a piece of information that your mother introduced you to Hunger Games. Because as I've been talking to you and so many others, why the heck was it centered or why was it a teen book? Because it's so dark and so, so it's actually violent it's so, so violent. violent but understandably it's not too violent no it's just in it, it's ridiculously violent so all i remember is like everyone's like you gotta read it and so weirdly i won't let take anyone's suggestions ever but i did because i wanted to be a part of it and i'm sure the right people suggested it and i remember being at the pediatrician And sitting there waiting for the doctor to come in and I had it open and it was like Katniss, I was like devouring the book that whole afternoon after school and I just have this really distinct at the, at the pediatrician waiting for the doctor to come in and like reading about the Capitol and just being like, oh my goodness, this is an amazing. And actually listening back to it and then watching it, it is my favorite kind of, right? Sure, I like like descripting and yummy uses of words, but I love, I'm just kind of finding that. And I mean, like in this stuff, I like my stuff that I've written and stuff, I really enjoy like how quickly can you say it? How simply can you say it? And how straightforward can you say it? And And like uh, the sort of like if your world is built well enough, you don't mm -hmm. have to use that sort of overtly flowery language to make someone feel an emotion. Like the world Mm -hmm. of – the world that Suzanne Collins built is so well done. She's thought everything out and there is like nothing – like there are so many plot holes in like the world of Harry Potter and like the world of like especially Twilight. But like the world of Pan Am is rock solid. It's like it was amazingly how – and when we were uh, watching the movie together over the internet, um, I was just like – I love how like quickly it was like, hey, yeah. these are the characters, and immediately you were at the um the reaping, like mm-hmm. immediately. And now she's on a train, like, and it's also we don't see Peter say anything until I counted it minute twenty two because he didn't need to say anything yet. Nope. They, like in a lesser movie, you would have seen them jostle past each other in a street. You would have Five had her like, very, yeah. You would have had her like look at him, very um, 
I don't know, you'd probably have some sort of like weepy little monologue that she'd do. Mm-hmm. She'd probably like I don't know. She probably would have stared at that train like way longer. Way They probably longer. would have had like so much more like like <gasps> like doing that like for like I don't know, like 10 minutes of the film even before she like got into the reaping. Yeah, and it was or they would have been like a week in the life before the reaping. And so that's one of the things I really respect about the book and and I wonder if because it was written so simply, everyone's like Oh, this is a book for children because, and also because it has teens in a love triangle. But I wonder if, um, my mom and I, weirdly, one of our favorite topics is we love to pretend that we've never talked about the giver. <laughs> and- <laughs> oh my gosh. The, no, I, the give, oh, the giver. We can, we can, I love the giver. The giver, the giver. It's the giver is really like- good. I actually really, I very recently listened to it. Like, very really? recently. Like, as it's, of, like, a couple months ago. I just remember in middle school being, like, I really love this. And it was so short. I think my mom one day just picked it up and read it and loved it. And so my siblings get annoyed because every year or so, mom and I uh, discuss The Giver again. And I think it's not the same as The Giver, but that clean language – and then violence. The combination is really interesting. Should we talk about our generation and dystopia? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Cool. It freaks me out. <laughs> now you Dude, go. I – okay. So like Rebecca and I were sort of like talking about this back and forth while she was listening to it and then also while we were watching the film. We watched the film together, the first one. We did not watch any of the mm-hmm. subsequent films. I will um, – spoiler, I did listen to all four of um, our favorite Australian YouTuber, Michael Microphone. We love you him got- so – he's actually the inspiration of us doing is. this episode. He is. is he just did his last summary of The Last Hunger Games Part 2 yeah. of Mockingjay. And I messaged Maddie and I was like – so we're doing Hunger Games next. That's how and much I was we like, love and Mike's I was like, Mike. absolutely. And so I rewatched absolutely. his coverage of all four of the films, just to sort of like get myself into the Hunger Games zone. <laughs> uh, but I think that there is something. Okay, so like, I'm I'm actually rolling up my sleeves. I'm metaphorically and literally rolling up my sleeves. There is something about existing in the new millennium where the concept of reality television, the concept of social media existing in a way that influences people's lives in, in uh, the way that we are able to achieve status, which is through money and capitalism, like um, capital ism ism whoa and i do think there's something about the hunger games that like very quickly very succinctly hits like it hits exactly what like what and how it needs to hit in the way that someone who is uh probably a millennial to a gen z younger millennial elder gen z went through an incredible flux in the way that they existed in the world in being perceived and being able to achieve success that really, really resonated with the dystopian genre, especially the Hunger Games. Okay. Okay. Ready for your mind to be blown? Yes. Book was released in 2008, baby. (gasps) Oh! It's like what? Like we how were, much is that? We were like grade. fourteen years old. That, that's amazing. I mean, are we going to con- compare uh, Peta and Katniss to Davide and Ekansu? Maybe. I mean, yes. I mean, Our- <laughs> but but like reality TV stars who have gone through a traumatic yes. experience, who they created their image. And now are living a very different life away from that camera thing that made them. Uh, Suzanne Collins was one day flipping in between 
uh, watching reality TV where people were like in the woods or something competing for a million dollars and was switching channels and then saw like war footage Mm. and then flip back and then flip forward. And she was like, wow, where is the difference? And what is really cool is Suzanne Collins really does put her money where her mouth is. She's still, no one really knows about her. No one really knows much about Suzanne Collins. And I think she probably is maybe a little crusty like Katniss. Dystopia fascinated our generation. I think we all knew we were going to I do think Helen I, and Basket. I do think The Giver might have been like, if you had to read The Giver when you were in fifth grade, you were basically Raise being groomed for dystopia. And whilst The Giver was sort of a more, I would say a more like – what the giver was trying to say is like processing your emotions is like important and experiencing we can't we can't devoid ourselves from feelings because then we lose what it it means to be a human mm-hmm. and Suzanne Collins with the Hunger Games was really looking at what humanity has done to escape its emotions and what we will do in order to sustain uh, what people in positions of power will do s- to sustain um, entertainment. Like we, we have mm-hmm. utilized entertainment for a drug and, and, and go and ahead. And also like how cyclical it is. She also was, uh, what's the Greek mythology of the Manador, the Minotaur? Jason Argonauts. I know exactly what you're Ar- the about. Argonauts. Yeah. Oh, great. In the, Yay. In the, in the, ma- the maze, you know, the maze where there's yes. the scary bull man and yes, he's yes, like yes, yes, yes. chasing around. Yes. So that was also a big, um, inspiration for Suzanne Collins, which makes a lot of sense. And I think in her book, she's showing like we have as a civilization, it's so cyclical. We used to literally watch people in the Roman Coliseum get ripped up by lions for, yeah entertainment and honestly personally I I, not like oh I could never be entertained by that now I am entertained by reality tv it does really gross me out however it's the same inclination that like we want to watch a car crash we want to watch we want to see we want to see people experience we want to see what will happen when you experience like the depths of suffering and terror and when you are push to your limits. You as Mm -hmm. a human being want to know that, but you don't want to actually have to experience it yourself. So you would like to watch other people do that for your benefit. And that's one thing that I was talking to Maddie about um, earlier is re-listening to the books. I think Jennifer Lawrence does a great job of portraying someone like very socially awkward and cold. Mm -hmm. And I think has all of the thoughts from the book in her head, but never has a like address to the audience and doesn't yeah. have like a confidant that she says it all to. She's a very internal person. So I think she's internally processing all of it. But in the book, very much Katniss has a moment where she's like, PETA is below me. And the audience is going to wonder, do I know what's going on? So I'm going to look up. I know the camera is going to capture this. Give a smile and Olive Panim is going to be so confused on what's going mm. on. And that was one of my favorite things about the book is it very clearly was talking about how aware Katniss and PETA were on media and perception and how the, they were the, the going sort of to like use that. The sort of PR strategy. Like the Hunger Games films I think really lean time. into the like – it's survival of the fittest and like how can you outsmart these people trying to kill you? But in reality, what they're trying to do is outsmart the audience. Mm-hmm. And that honestly, I think that's what we're all trying to do. Outsmart the audience. We're trying to outsmart the audience. And it doesn't matter who the audience is. It could be if you are someone who has notoriety through Instagram, if you're in a, a, a group of friends that you feel sort of insecure about or uh, are in a work environment, you are or constantly just trying to outsmart the audience. Or you're like you're on a date and you're like this person is too hot and, <laughs> and you're too tra- cool. You're tra- yeah. <laughs> I'm going to outsmart this guy forever, I guess. Forever, I guess. <laughs> uh, oops. Uh, I, apparently I wasn't smart enough to do that. Yikes. I will say listening to this though, Maddie, I kept thinking, I wish people weren't dying because I would watch the shit out of this. Oh it, my like God. Like Hunger Games. I was oh. listening and I was like, man, I would so, cause it's just like so Love Island. Watch. It's exactly Life like Cutteridge. Love Yes. Except, except 
One brilliant suggestion and idea that I had that I would like to say, I felt very Rebecca when I said that. One of my favorite things that Rebecca does is, and I, and I mean this genuinely, (laughs) it is one of my favorite things. And she's like, and I said this thing that was so funny. I, and I thought, and I thought it was incredibly so funny and it usually a hundred percent is. And she's right. (laughs) But, and I think we should own the things. And like, I said this thing and it was fucking hilarious. I said something and I thought it was an incredibly good idea if they were to adapt the Hunger Games yes. into a sort of like Game of Thrones style uh, saga of a story. I really, really want perspectives of the different tributes from the different districts. Like I want to know what Cato experienced in his entire life. Like I want to know his thoughts and feelings. Going, I want I want to know what Foxface was doing the entire time. The entire time. The girl played by Isabella Furlong. Like I want to know. I want to know. And then also I think it's way more devastating when that person dies because like I don't mm-hmm. really care about those people. Like I cared about Rue obviously because she's played adorably by Amanda Stenberg and perfect casting and like you obviously don't want like a 12 year old to die like that's not cool or hot but like (laughs) I don't really care about all the other ones and I want to and that's what Suzanne Collins does so well is there's like Wait, wasn't there a boy who like had a bad leg or something it was was like like the little like curly haired boy he was literally died right like, away. was physically impaired. Yeah. And then weirdly, I've always probably because we all love beautiful women, but Glimmer, who like right? was kind of like, is she involved with the guys? Like, is she doing this to keep herself safe? And the idea of like a beautiful sexual woman mm-hmm. who one of her skills, one of the ways she's keeping herself alive is by knowing she's beautiful and, and actively using, using that yeah, in the using arena. Her, yeah. Oh my God. I I feel, I would love to know her perspective in all of this. Mm-hmm. I would love. I I would love. And also, like, I would kind of like to know more about like we know about Peta, but like, I want to know. I want to know more. So, anyways, um, all the showrunners out there, if you um just decide to listen to this podcast and you decide that oh that's like a great idea and like maybe we just like get the rights for it and like we just sort of like go in and write it like i think people would like it and they'd really um they'd watch it i think they'd watch it and i demand to play hey mitch but (laughs) mitch would be played by a puppet okay okay (laughs) these are our qualifications thank you (laughs) thank you really fast i think we've come up with possibly a new (gasps) phrase that we're workshopping and that is called the tough girl. The tough girl. So take it away, Maddie. I loved your take on the tough girl. The tough girl is um, just sort of like she's like a woman um, in any in any situation ever. And in order for her to be strong and win, she has to be the worst person you've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> like someone you don't want to spend – any and, time with. And she's unlike any girl I've ever actually met in the real world ever. Like a, a lonely girl, uh, all, a, a lost boy. These are all people you will meet in your real life. The tough girl only exists in movies. YA and novels. Media. Exactly. Because she doesn't – she's not a real person. And that's my – real my only critique of – Katniss is that I hate her. She's really boring. She's annoying and I would not want to hang out with her. She's great otherwise. (laughs) Okay. Book Katniss is different than movie Katniss. However, I do complete – like I was thinking like Bella Mm -hmm. and then we got Katniss and then we have that girl from Divergent. Her name is Triss. Triss. And all of them are so surly, have no friends, don't want to have friends. I also feel like you could make a case for like Ray from Star Wars and like yeah uh, oh like, yeah you know G.I. Jane like anytime they're like this woman is strong and she's gonna win so she's the worst person you've ever met <laughs> she is a bad personality she's just like <laughs> but she is a bad personality <laughs> so anyways I guess watch it but it's also like, well, she's going to win. She's got to be pretty. So oh. that's too much going for it. <laughs> so we're going to give her a bad person. 
personality because love is important. So she got to be pretty. Oh, she has to be pretty. And if anyone's going to love her, she has to be hot because uh, clearly if women are going to be loved, they have to be hot. That's Those are the rules. I didn't make them. They're the rules. Do you think Jennifer Lawrence is too hot to play Katniss? That's a really good question. I think she's too hot in the wrong ways. Okay. And I will not justify that sentence. Okay. We do have – can I say that my dream casting for uh, Katniss? Yeah, you can. Absolutely. Go for it. It's your friend Fievel. I think Fievel Stewart would be like a perfect Katniss. After Rebecca said it, I did not automatically think this. But I think she would be perfect casting. Fievel, I love you. Um, I will be telling you this probably tomorrow when I see you. (laughs) Yeah. But I came up with it. I did. And I'll I'll give you credit. I will. Um, So – I yep, and you don't get to have Fievel. Um, she's with me, even though we, she doesn't know I exist. Um, unless Hamish is played by a puppet, <laughs> not graphic, <laughs> a little sock puppet. Okay, it's, it's so serious. Except Hamish is just played with a sock puppet, like one with of like the ones silly yard like a, hair that like, like a like a Jeff around. like done. Oh my gosh, like a yeah yeah yeah, like a like a like not a fancy puppet, like. No. Like a bad Katniss. one. What are you doing? I need green alcohol. And then he gets drunk. He's like, oh, bother. But it's like very – then eventually you buy good. into it because no, it's you done forget. so well. You forget. It's, it's acted so beautifully. And we then still like get that sock puppet, to do- you know, the hell – Puppet always is like, <laughs> yeah, I know, a hundred percent. No one listening to this podcast like knows what we're doing, but if you're watching the video of it, which we may or may not ever release, um, you'll yeah. know exactly what we're talking about. Okay, we should Anyways. go into the loneliest girl in in the Hunger Games. We should. Okay, do you want to? We haven't discussed. We've like asked yeah. each other if so and so is one. I want um, your nom. Okay, you so think? my nom for the loneliest girl in the Hunger Games, just knowing sort of the full sanga, uh, mm-hmm. is um, my um, my nom for the loneliest girl in the Hunger Games is Trixie Mattel, a.k.a. Effie Trinket. I There is something that is so lonely about someone trying so hard to make a situation work. Like, you know that – like. She's not good at her job. She's not good at her job. They gave her the worst position of like having to be the sort of like PR rep for the worst district. And she's trying so hard to make it work. Anyone who wears purple eyeshadow, you've probably been a lonely girl at one point or at least felt lonely. Um, And I just think that it's played so – anyone who shouts that is mahogany is a lonely girl. And that's my – that's and, – and, uh, and knowing sort of like her journey throughout the Hunger Games and sort of what she does and her desire to like have everything be fine and everything be great and then her eventually leaving the capital and becoming part of the, the rebellion, spoiler alert, I think is very lonely girl and I love Effie Trinket and I, and I think she's the loneliest. I love that, Nam. I think that's great. I'm going to give – I was thinking about it this morning. Okay. For one, though, I have listened to the audiobook and the description of the introduction of this character is different. My okay. nomination is Rue. Oh. So in oh. the book, okay. which as um, literary women that we are, mm-hmm. um, I am sorry. I am going to say the book is more biblical to it. Is that yes. Peta says at one point, I think you have a shadow. And in the book, we're introduced because she's in the rafters being like, ha, I've got a knife. But in the book, they turn around and there's this just wispy little girl just kind of like following them because she doesn't kind of know where to go. So she's just not sure. The tribute from her district, he's doing his own thing. So she's just following Katniss around and Peta. And that's so lonely, girl, when you're a small child and you're oh. like, I don't know what to do with my hands. Mm. Are you my mom? You know, and she doesn't know what to do. And then also choosing to trust someone when trusting people is dangerous 
that's very lonely very girl. lonely girl wow. and the fact that she like sees Katniss during the hunger because that's kind of that interaction then she chooses to like I believe she sees her like in the tree and Rue's like hey cut down that nest yeah and she's like you know what I'm gonna trust Katniss yeah and I have no reason to <laughs> and I feel like that's very and also being like a ju- good judge of character and I feel like that's lonely very lonely girl and also being just like, hey, climbing trees lonely girl climbing, wearing little wings when you're interviewed on tv oh my gosh very also just girl. like dying and everyone being so sad lonely girl very lonely girl but it's just like I think the fact that she chooses to choose someone even though it's maybe not a good idea very lonely girl also maddie i would like to say the most boss move and the actually maddie was singing to me earlier today and i loved it i was i was metaphorically dying and maddie sang me a song when i prompted her i (laughs) well i i you know i took i did prompt the song yes i took the cue i took the correct i just love (laughs) that rude didn't know if katniss could sing and was like, you know what? I'm about to die. <laughs> I'm and you dying. You have to do anything Please you say. Sing me a song. Please sing me a song. Sing me a and song, she's mommy. like, if you're bad at singing, that'll be super funny. Cause I'm making you do it and you can't say no. And like, luckily, like Katniss can kind of sing. Thank and God. so it all worked out. But she's like really gonna put her cards on the table. Very lonely. You know? I love, I love that nom. I think it's incredible. I live for it. I die for it. Um, the odds are ever in, um, your favor. The favor. Okay. So now we're gonna do a fire round. I'm gonna just list off characters and Maddie's gonna give her opinion and I'll say stuff too. Okay. Okay. So Katniss. (laughs) Yes. No. Not a lonely girl. Okay. Cool, Peta. Yes, big time lonely yeah. girl. Big time. Anyone, a- anyone with a mom that hits them and then also <laughs> like can lift a flower, sack. bakes, <laughs> and then also can paint himself to look like a lock. So lonely, lonely girl. girl. <laughs> so lonely. I love that. Like he's strong. He could have fought, but he's no. like nah, nah, nah. I'm gonna paint myself. Nah, nah, nah. Come on. <laughs> no, he he was injured. I am always yeah. thinking Whatever. people are gonna come okay. for us. Okay, Gail. No. 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 Maybe a little bit of a lost boy, honestly. Yeah, lost boy. Okay. uh, Caesar Flickerman, Stanley Tucci. Best casting of the movie. Lonely girl. Oh, my gosh. Anyone Mm -hmm. with anyone, anyone who, any talk show host is a lonely girl. And so lonely. And he, like, always, like, is making that person feel seen. The book does a great job of describing he's never going to make someone look bad on TV. Okay. uh, Seneca Crane, the game maker. That beard. Hot. Hot. I don't know, lonely. I don't think lonely girl. I think just hot. Okay. All right. Um, Not the same. Primrose Everdeen. I think she's too good at communicating her needs. I don't think she's a lonely girl. I think she's also too boring. All right. Um, let's see. Katniss's mom. Ooh. I think honestly, yeah. Like I think Katniss's yeah. mom might be a lonely girl. And this is sort of those situations where like a lonely girl is not faultless. And when you lean too much into mm. your loneliness, you can lost. She got lost in the sauce. She got lost in the sauce and then also she's trying. And I think trying yeah. is what makes a, a shy girl into a lonely girl. Exactly. Teaser. Okay. Hey, Mitch. So lonely. Big time lonely mm-hmm. girl. Big time. And yeah. if you've ever, if you have alcohol dependency, you're probably a lonely girl. You're a lonely girl. I'm not going through any of the other tributes. We don't know enough. Cinna. Oh, ooh. Mm, I don't know. I don't think so. I think he might be a cool girl. Like I the best version of a cool girl. I think the most we know about his personality is that he specifically asked to do District 12. And I don't know if that makes him a lonely girl or not. I, don't, I think it makes him a cool girl. I, 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 I think, I think that makes him a cool girl. President Snow could definitely be a lonely girl. My brother's, my brother's pitch when I told him that we were doing uh, Hunger Games this week, my brother Ben was like, "What about President Snow?" I, I we be- love a villain lonely girl. I think we I need think- to be kept aware. Oh, no, I think I think the lonely girl is so susceptible to villainry, and I think we need to not ignore that and not deny it Mm-mm. there is a president snow in, in every single room 
Oh, wow. <gasps> Dig oh deep gosh. enough. Inside both of us, there are two wolves. One is President Snow and one is Rue. You love it. Which one will you decide to feed? All right, Maddie, now we're going to talk about the filmmakers. I think that out of all the YA books that were adapted into films, is this the most like artistic? Is this the most auteur? No. But I do think, in terms of like the audience being pleased with their book their book being adapted this one probably has overall i would say the general consensus being like pretty good and i think that's Mm -hmm. due to suzanne collins writing like you spoke about it being very simplistic very straightforward i think it's a great adaptation um i think casting wise there were some excellent choices and i remember when they were releasing the casting list everyone was like Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, yeah, no, mm-hmm. I – yeah, I totally see that. I think um, will you get absolutely motion – like, don't have vertigo and watch this film. Like, don't do that mm-hmm. um, because it's super, super intense with its sort of handheldness. Yeah, especially in the beginning. Especially – well, I think I also – what I love about this film is, like, the production design is off the charts. That's the best part. They really and, – and and you mentioned this. Like, the music, I think, is really thoughtful. Mm-hmm. It has this sort of, like, folksy um, – it evolves from this sort of more simplistic, folksy, uh, I would say, like, almost, like, rural rudimentary sound – in the beginning and then you get into the capital and it's got this very metallic elevated sort of futuristic synthy sound that then moves into a combination of Mm -hmm. the two of them when you're actually in the hunger games which is really really subtle but i think is super effective in conveying just sort of the tonal shift between katniss's world the capital and then what happens when she's actually in the hunger games one of my favorite parts is actually you know the anthem the capital's anthem uh, it's it's so that and then also the like yeah. bah, 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 bah. both of those are like so mm. earwormy that it's like you'll the never first time you it. hear the bah, Capitals bah, anthem bah, bah, bah. you're like, like it, that's and that's a exactly. it sounds like you've already heard it you're like of I course agree. that's the I Capitals agree. anthem it, it is it and it's it's just so it's so good and I think it's done really simply and it makes sense if I think it had some like documentary elements maybe the biggest argument that uh maddie and i have we, okay. is josh hutcherson i famously maddie. like he was my first i would say like peer aged celebrity crush i will i will die for josh hutcherson i don't know if he was the best choice for Peta. i we talked about this we think mm-hmm. it Peta's supposed to be someone who was like you could believably think he's as cunning and as good as playing the game as he is. And I think Josh Hutcherson just hasn't gotten the opportunity mm-hmm. to play more villains or hadn't up until that point. Um, or or just sort of like scoundrelly cunning characters. He was always sort of this like jovial uh, good time boy. Um, and I would have loved to have seen someone like a Miles Teller uh, uh, mm-hmm. be able to give – more of an edge to Peta's character. Like being like a good person genuinely, but being cunning enough to play the game in the way that he was playing it. That's what you need is you need someone like, can I trust yeah. this guy? Is he too good to be true? And because that is what Katniss is thinking the whole book is, I don't know if I trust him. And he seems like a but good person. But the game. Actually, Where in the movie you're like, no, of like, course he's a good person. No, he's clearly he's clearly in love with Katniss. He, you don't you don't question that for a moment, and it removes the tension from the movie. And, and also, it's like very sexy to be like a charismatic, mm. charming boy is in love with you. How do you feel about Gail? Isn't he too meaty to almost yeah. be starving? Right? Yeah. I um, I would like more of like right. – listen, I'm famously always trying to cast Timothy Chalamet in anything. But if we're, if we're wanting like a skinny, skinny, skinny baby boy, yeah, that could potentially, you know, win the heart over. Okay. All right. Well, we've covered a lot. Final, Final thoughts, thoughts um, Maddie. I think we should 
I think every day can feel like a dystopia when you're a lonely girl. And and there is sort of a, a feeling of understanding and resonance. I, I also think one, maybe one of the reasons that the lonely girl, which I think there are so many that grew up with dystopian peak, is we're all searching for how special we are. We're all uh, searching for acceptance. And that maybe the strangeness that Katniss is on the outside of things, we can relate with that. And actually, it's because yes. she is so special. And I think once again, it's a yep. little bit of little princess syndrome. It's like maybe what makes you different makes you beautiful. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so true. Um, my uh, last question that I want Thanks. to ponder before we go is in the Hunger Games, if you and I mm. were pitted against each other, which district would we come from and who would win? Like not like who would win, but like who would survive longer, know. you or me? I unfortunately think longer. I would, but I think not – No one has ever thought I would I don't think I would, I would survive that, that much Hunger longer Games. than you. I don't think I would kill you, just a heads up. <laughs> Thanks. I think your will to survive is. I just think I think I would mine. maybe like. Yeah. No. 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 I, I don't think. I think both of us are sort of baseline level. We're we're like zombie apocalypse. Take me out. Second one. I don't want to have to deal with this. But in sort of like a, a contained environment mm -hmm. where it's like there's an end at some point. I don't think I'd win the Hunger Games. A hundred percent. No. Mm -hmm. I do not have that tenacity, strategy, thoughtfulness. But I think I was – I don't know. I think you – oh, definitely. I think you could kill someone, Maddie. I, I, um, I have. <laughs> or am I? So what district would you – you've brought up district. I don't know if I have an opinion. What do you think is your district? Okay, so district one is luxury items. I don't think that would be either one of us. District two is masonry, which is like stones and sort of like uh, – don't think that – no, I don't think it would be either it's one of us. heavy. Uh, <laughs> ooh, district three is technology. Maybe me. Maybe I could do technology. You could um, do it. District four is to. fishing. I could see that for you. I could see you as sort of like just like a sexy little fisherwoman, like casting a net, a net bending. Okay. I'm gonna cast yeah, a net I bending. Next to water. <laughs> yes. District five is power. Stop it. Yeah, like, like, like electricity. Like, mm, mm, no. Mm -hmm. oh, stop it. District six like is working. transportation. Okay, keep so going. like buses trains mm -mm. i can't drive just i'll make district you drive is my lumber. car maybe no district eight oh this is you district eight is textiles yeah you're from district eight yeah 100 district nine is grain okay. no i'm gluten intolerant no i'm not i'm sorry uh. I do have a little <laughs> sensitivity, so. District 10 is livestock. No. District 11 is agriculture. Mm. And <laughs> district, so livestock is like cows. Agriculture is like corn. Yeah. Uh, I think I possibly could do textiles, but also I did not so famously grow up on a farm. I think you could do agriculture. Farm. You're either agriculture or textiles. I think – I don't – I mean, obviously, I do but like we have to. <laughs> I think mine would probably be technology okay. or even like, I don't know, potentially livestock, maybe transportation. I think you're – I think I no, would be technology. you'd be technology. I think that is um, something that I – I, I can bring to the table. And so I'm famously not good at most things that I don't – if I don't want to do it, okay. I'm not right. good at all. Okay. So um, um, we're wrapping up. We're wrapping up the podcast. We are um, getting shot up into the sky. We did not eat the berries. Uh, and now we are um, ready to have you sponsor us. Uh, in in whatever ways you want. So if you want to send us, I don't know, some like medicine or mm -hmm. some soup, um, Rebecca, where can they um, just sponsor you at? 
They can send me some soup at Rebecca Bonner on Instagram and Bonner Rebecca on TikTok. And then they can send uh, medicine or loaves of bread to the Lonely Girls podcast on TikTok and on Instagram. And uh, where can they send you a soft, warm blanket, maybe some medicine to heal the cut on your leg? Oh my gosh, I famously do have a cut on my leg right now. It is uh, healing very slowly. Um, you can um, just like sponsor me or like just give me kisses or whatever. I'll I'll, I'll smooch you for some salve uh, at Turner Madeline on Instagram and <laughs> at Madeline Turner on TikTok. Um, we love you guys so we much. Thank you so much for being a part of our lives and our journey and everything. Um, we would most certainly not kill you in the hunger games or even like just volunteer we would volunteer as tribute for all we of you we would volunteer for you, you to know that and we love you and please 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 leave us five stars on spotify apple Podcasts, and wherever anyone else okay so remember everybody stay lonely but not alone bye